0: doctor, dentist, backup dancer, teacher, singer, Oprah, accountant, professional speaker, author. I mean, those are just a few of the jobs that I knew I wanted when I was growing up. Something I find so funny is that when we're little, we're told we can do anything. When adults ask you, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you answer, they smile and they encourage you. But then... There's a certain age that hits, and suddenly that changes, and only particular answers seem to become acceptable. Now I can't speak for everyone, but I can certainly speak for myself and the experience that I know a lot of you have gone through, which is this. At a certain point, when you tell someone what you want to be when you grow up that isn't a professional, for example, you know, a a teacher, a police officer, a lawyer, doctor, accountant, you know the jobs I'm talking about. When you say that you want to be something that isn't one of those professional jobs, all of a sudden, people start to talk you out of it. Maybe they're completely rude and they laugh or they tell you you're dreaming, and if so, that hurts and I'm sorry. Maybe they try and protect you and they tell you that there's no jobs, or you'll be broke, or your chance of success is itsy bitsy teeny weeny. But often I find that the message that certain career choices are unacceptable comes through in a more subtle way. You may notice that other people nod at everyone else's reply to the question, what will you do after school, or even what do you do for work now, later in life, and they don't nod, or they don't know how to respond to what your answer is. Maybe you noticed or still notice that your parents proudly proclaim your sibling's career or your neighbor's career choices, but not yours. Slowly, over time, so many of us have learned that certain career choices are more acceptable, more realistic, more practical, and hence maybe better than others. Now let me say this, Uh, no matter what you do in your life, there's going to be naysayers. There will be people that don't support you. Sometimes people are are just jerks. (laughs) A lot of the time though, people project their own fears, their own insecurities, their own unfulfilled dreams, and frankly their crap onto you. In other times people love you and are genuinely trying to protect you but still end up projecting their own fears and insecurities in an attempt to try and keep you safe because they care deeply about you. For most of us, those around us really do love us and want us to succeed, albeit based on a narrow definition of what success means. Today, well, I think it's incredibly inspiring to see how many of us, you and me and today's guest, Chantelle Tavares, redefining success for ourselves and a huge part of that is redefining what career success is and what that means to you. Our guest today, Chantal, is a millennial money coach for creative freelancers. She helps creative millennials to budget and save so that within six months they have more than enough money to focus on what they are passionate about, which of course includes helping them save their first $10,000 to make that happen. Let's be real here, Careers like social media management, Canva graphic designers, audiobook narrators, TikTok dance instructors and creators, virtual assistants, none of these things existed 10, 20, 30 years ago. And today, there is ample opportunity to do any of those things and more and be successfully financial, successful financially and fulfilled personally. So listen to this episode because... If you've ever doubted yourself, if it's ever felt isolating, pursuing a creative passion, you feel like people don't understand you or they invalidate it as a legitimate option, this is the episode for you. If you've ever felt like you have one of two options, you either do what you love and you stay broke or you do a 9 to 5 that makes you money but also makes you miserable, this is the episode for you. If you think or feel or have experienced that your creative passion hasn't ever helped you or won't ever help you with your financial goals… Then, let me tell you, today's episode is going to help you turn that around. In this episode with Chantel, we're talking about making a life through creative freelancing. You're going to learn that there are a lot of ways to make money as a creative freelancer, and you don't just have to be a big name like Britney Spears or Oprah to be successful. Chantel shares a ton of ideas to this episode that I know you're going to be, you're going to leave this episode with an exciting list of ideas and options that are also in demand today for how you can make money with your creative expression. You're also going to learn what's important to find in a job or perhaps in a par- some part-time work when you're also creative fl- freelancing and specifically how and where you can find those kinds of opportunities. Finally, you're going to learn the financial basics that are so important for people to have before they start creative freelancing. Because, you know, it's not all about just living on a prayer. It is important to blend those big dreams with the practical and those day-to-day realities of life. We want you to listen to this episode and know and see a real-life example of how it's possible and remind you that you don't need to know everything now, but we can help you create a plan and help you get started. While there may not be a tried and true one-size-fits-all path to creative success, that's also what's so exciting about it. You get to chart your own path and create it for yourself. By the end of this episode, you're going to be done stuffing down your desires and pushing away your creative talent. And you're going to get ready to start owning it. You'll be more trusting of your skills and be ready to plan your budget, plan your next couple steps, and implement the tasks you need to reach your creative career goals. All right, friends, let's do this. Welcome to the Golden Girls Podcast, where we believe you can have it all. I'm your host, Lisa Michaud, and I'm spilling tangible tips, goal-getting strategies, and real-life stories to inspire you to tackle your biggest dreams. You're a woman who knows you're made for more. Get ready to leave the excuses and self-doubt behind by being vulnerable, sharing your truth, and having honest conversations so you can succeed on your terms. Together, we'll set goals you'll actually achieve by staying motivated, having fun, and building a community of women empowering women. It's time to tap into your best self, get confident, and truly have it all. Golden Girl, let's dive in. Hello, Golden Girls, and welcome to this episode of Golden Girls Podcast. I am so honored to have Chantel Tavares here with me. Thanks, Chantal, for being here. Thank you for having me here. So Chantel, you are a millennial money coach for creative freelancers, and specifically you help creative millennials to budget and save so that within six months they have enough money to focus on what they're passionate on. And this includes helping people and yourself save your first $10,000 in six months. So that's obviously just a snippet of what you do. Let's like step back a bit tell me your story and how you got to, to helping other creative freelancers as well. All right. Sure. So this started back in
1: 20, 2015, that great year where I was graduating from college and the year that everyone expects, you know, you should be able to have everything set, have your career set and hopefully everything runs perfectly. But um, yeah, that, that hasn't really happened. <laughs> so um, for my year, my senior year, I was pretty much um, struggling to find some work and struggling to figure out if I really wanted to do what I was aiming for. Because um, I was good with math and a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, um, accounting, that sounds like a great career for you. Went to college, first two years, I'm like, okay, it's not bad. Then I went through my uh, junior year, which was the um pretty much the elimination round year. So um, if you see, let's say, ten thousand people in the accounting their junior year, by the next term you see it drops by half, maybe more. I managed to survive that year and my senior year, but I was starting to like the idea of being like a normal corporate accounting less. And at that time, I met my first mentor, who I pretty much have explained, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I know I want to do something that, you know, gives me the income I need. But I also had my passions in creative arts and singing and acting. And as I was talking with her more and discussing more of my goals, she brought the thing of like, um, okay, one you sound like you can be a coach and two who says you can't do your passion and for the first year I was still kind of struggling to see that I did start pursuing the whole money coaching side since I was already like mentoring peers in college about like oh yeah have you tried this app oh yeah have you tried trying save here for um this trip that you're working on but um 20 16 was when I was slowly feeling that um pain of like okay I'm pursuing the entrepreneurship that should be good but it wasn't until later on I was reading Dr. Phil's um book on like self-matters and um warning if you ever read that book, expect to cry a lot. I remember one of the chapters it discussed like the reason why you feel kind of that inner misery is you not expressing yourself. And it went back to that conversation I had with that coach and realizing, Oh God, I have not tried or even attempted to put music or acting or any of that in my like life. I kept pushing like, okay, until coaching is like perfect and everything, I need to put that on the back burner for now, for now, for now. And i make myself kind of miserable with it. So later on, I started to fix up my resume and I can tell you right now, after years of working with different actors and such, um, the resume format was wrong, but you know, lesson learned and um, getting my material ready with music. Cause I did used to um, get vocally trained and had some material from then. So I'm like, alright. Got my music. Got my resume. Let's see how this first audition go." And um, it was a bit crazy, but great. Crazy because um, it was a Circus Olay theme. So they told me singing was involved. They forgot to tell me there was dancing involved. And um, I can sing pretty well. I can act pretty well. Dancing, um, <clears throat> yeah. N- no, I, I can learn steps, but I cannot just freestyle. <laughs> and yet, I still remember when I was doing the dance audition, and thankfully, they has dance in pairs with other people, so I've just followed along with the other dancer and pray to God I did not make him look bad. And... It reminded me how much fun it was from back in my high school years when I used to be involved in theater, playing different roles, doing different things, and made me realize, okay, this wasn't perfect, but this brought back something that I missed, so I have to keep doing this. And that started me on my journey to start more into my acting and music, and... The past few years, it's been a little more exploratory and seeing like what works and what doesn't work. But the fact that I started was that big first step I need to do.
0: Mm, That's so awesome. So many things that you said. I think are going to resonate – they resonate with me and I think are going to resonate with with everybody listening. You know, I don't know if you know this about me, but I actually also have my undergrad. It's a double major in accounting and finance and I can completely oh. relate to like the first year you're like, oh, I can do this. And then by year three, it definitely uh, starts to dwindle the amount of people that are still in it. Um, and obviously, spoiler alert, I'm also not an accountant or a anybody in finance. Um, but, you know, that's I think very – whether you went to school for accounting or not. I just think it's so interesting how many times you go into things thinking it's the smart thing to do or the right thing to do. And I mean, even from like first year to fourth year in a degree, the number of people that dwindle is huge. And then if you think about the number of people from the degree to, you know, five or 10 years or 20 years into the career, how many people, how many people drop out? It's I know the number must be astronomical. If anybody has any research on this, please send it my way because I would love to see it. I also love, I mean, I don't okay, I don't love that you said this, but I can relate to this. And I think so many people can also relate to this, where you said I you put expression on the back burner, or you put the joy on the back. The thing that you really wanted to do, you put it on the back burner. And if anybody's listening to this and you're nodding your head because you put that on the back burner, then I know that this this conversation and this podcast is for you. Because And Chantel, I think you're gonna agree with me here. Like there's a heck of a lot of people out there that are doing that right now, right? Like there's a lot of people that have this talent, this joy, this passion, this thing that they want to pursue, and they're not doing it in their with their lives. Is that fair to say? Yes.
1: I would say like of the people (laughs) I've met, there's like 30% that are actually pursuing it full or part-time, and then the rest are like, well, it's a hobby or uh, yeah, singing, acting, I, I like it, but it's not really my thing. Like, but you're great.
0: Mm. Or – and I wonder how much of that too is is people being afraid to really step into it. Like I do think there's so much fear here. Um, you and I were talking before we recorded this, you know, why, why this is important. And, you know, we really think that there's a problem out there today that a lot of people – it feels like when there's like – you think about a career, there's just two choices. That it's either you do what you love and you go broke. Aka, like the starving actor stereotype, or there's no money in this, or it's unrealistic, all that kind of stuff, or that you have to do a nine to five that you, that will make you money, but will also make you miserable. So, what would you say to anybody that feels that way that 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 has been taught that way? What do you say to that person? I say um, to whoever is feeling that, um,
1: if you're one of those that are on the starving artist side. You don't have to starve. Um, you have the skills to like make the income. And the fact that you're willing to already put the time and money to start on that. You just need to find the right people, the right resources to um, take it the next step. And for those who were like me and sadly fell into the trap of you must find a normal nine to five. And you'll have money and you'll have a good life. Um, I think 2020 kind of proved all that wrong already. <laughs> But um, even without the 2020 experience, I can say, I mean, no nine to five job is going to be perfect. And even those are like, oh, yes, you'll have all the money in the world and you'll be well taken care of. It kind of goes back to do you really want what's offered? I mean, I still remember this one conversation I had where I was doing temp jobs and one of the uh, agencies mentioned this great prestige offer where i'd be permanently placed with an accounting firm and it's like oh yeah they have this they have all these benefits you'll be set for life and i'm talking to my mentor about this and she's like okay but um do you really want that i mean that sounds great but didn't you say you want um you know time flexibility because again this is another job that uh If you're familiar with the accounting field, you're going to be stuck doing for a good 60 or more hours a week. And uh, that's uh, one of the really good popular companies. So it's like knowing really what you want. And at the time I realized, oh, why do I keep wanting to go for all these like normal things that people suggest? When I know time is very valuable to me. I want the time flexibility to be able to do my passion while still do some of the additional stuff to earn money, whether it is in my true passions or in relation to that passion. And I mean, I've seen more and more people doing it more, especially this past year with um, those in Grayfields fields, learning how to use their freelancing skills to like build their income and go from freelancing to full on um, business business. Person and be like, all right, I'm in business, but I'm still quirky. So, um,
0: hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to pull two things out of there. What you just said. So, number one, I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, as far as like figuring out what it is that you really want. And I think, honestly. From the work that I do with so many women, and I don't know if you can relate to this too, Chantel, but I feel like that's where most people get stuck is that they they can't even be honest with themselves about what they really want, maybe because nobody's ever really asked them or because they've been honest in the past saying things like, uh, you know, I want to be an actor. And someone said, oh, that's not realistic. Or didn't you know only like 0.01% of people make it or you're going to be broke or whatever. And, and I have to tell you, one of the hardest parts of my job, which is am I doing – goals, coaching, one of the hardest parts is just getting people to say, this is what I want because they don't even allow themselves to say out loud, this is what I want because they're so afraid of it being unrealistic or not possible or what other people have have projected onto them. So I just want to say, you know, I think it is so super, super duper important to know what you want. And also it can be very hard and it's something that is worth pursuing. It is worth pushing through. You know, read the Dr. Phil book. Get in touch with us. Whatever you got to do to figure out what it is that you really want, because that is definitely the first step. Um, then, so I want to say that. Now, I want to also talk about what you said there, which is you know making money with your creative pursuits, and that you've kind of surrounded yourself with people. You're doing it. You're you're actually making money. In and I love what you said there in relation to your creative creativity, or relation to your talent as well, or your passion. So, can we talk about that? Like what is, what does that mean? Like, first of all, maybe what is a creative millennial period and how do you turn that into making money?
1: All right. So a creative millennial be someone who they have some sort of creative interest, whether it's something in the visual arts, something in music, something in acting, or something that's maybe not in those direct lines, but still have some sort of creative like feel to it i mean example would be like social media i mean a lot of people need that but people don't really think about how it still kind of related to the uh, visual arts and sometimes a little mix of music
0: in there right does that like is graphic design kind of one of those things as well that may relate in there absolutely got it okay okay and dancing dancing counts
1: oh yes dancing i mean I don't have the skills, but I know many people that do. So that's definitely in
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Got it. Okay. Um, so, I mean, obviously, us growing up, and I think it's super fascinating that you t- you work with and specialize with millennials, but I think this could probably relate to most most people that probably listen to my podcast, um, with the exception of those maybe born in the last like 10 years. But when we were growing up, like there wasn't TikTok, there wasn't Instagram, there wasn't social media, there wasn't this like, you know, there wasn't even this huge need for graphic design as there is today. Um, So I think a lot of people grow up, grew up probably, and our parents I think did their best, like telling us like, well, there's not a lot of jobs in that, there's not much you can do. But that's really changed. So how, what are some of the things, like, lay it on. If, let's say that I, ha- I have no idea how someone that is creative could make a living. Okay. So you specialize in working with millennials, but really what we're talking about could could apply to, to anybody. Uh, probably the people born in like the last five, 10 years, A, they're probably not listening to this podcast, and B, they've grown up in the generation of TikTok, Instagram, social media, graphic design being everywhere, all those things. But for everyone before that, you know – who grew up thinking, you know, you have to – it's really hard to make a living as an artist, um, whether it's visual, singing, dancing, music, any of those things. How, how, do, how do people make a living? Like I genuinely want to know this. I want to know for all of us who grew up with parents trying to do the right thing, trying to help us and make sure we did get a good job and that we did have a good life. You know, how do people make money in this? What do you, how do you see people making this work? I would
1: say one way the ways is figuring out, like, where is there a need? So, um, what good example would be for, um, television, which, I mean, most of us have, or I guess now most of us are watching from our phones or our laptops. But, um, with television, there's a lot more in detail with that than people think about. For example, um, as a kid, and for you guys that might be familiar with this, um, I was introduced to anime by some of my cousins. Now, I don't really think of details as of like, oh, this is cool cartoon. Not thinking, oh, there's the um, animator who drew up and made all these uh, great details. There's the storyteller who initially created the story for this. There's whoever helps with the uh, coloring and make sure that it has a specific style. Because if you look at different um, cartoons, even the ones that are on like the Saturday or Sunday nights that people watch. Each of them have their own style, and that's because each of each uh, creator has their own like style that they're into or style that they want to portray. And then, of course, all of these uh, cartoons have voices, which require voice actors. And if you want to get a wow. little bit more business, <laughs> uh, the only continue on now? Yes, yes, I I think this is yeah. Keep going. Alright, um, if you want to get a little more into the business side um, let's talk about commercials. With commercials you have of course some of your background actors that you don't think about but they have to bring them from somewhere and I can say that certain because um, here in Orlando they actually had auditions for people or requests for people to be put in for maybe a gas station commercial and thankfully I live 15 minutes away I was able to just go in, walk in where I need to, and now I'm in, well, I was in one of their segments for the video. Sadly, my segment was not selected, but I still got paid. (laughs) (laughs) So there's the extras.
0: (laughs) Okay. This is so fascinating because... We actually, I'm gonna completely butcher this, but we have a couple friends that are illustrators, and I remember chatting with them. And my friend said she's an illustrator, and then she said specifically she's the person that does the color. And I'm like, oh wow, I didn't even know it was down to that level. But it's so true. Like there are so many different opportunities and different ways to express talent. Um, I just met someone the other day who may have to also have on the podcast, Jessica, um, who is a stylist. And uh, like in my head, I was like, oh, a stylist must be like you work for a magazine, but she freelances and. She she works with everyone from like realtors trying to stage what what actors, for example, will wear for commercials, right? Like what's the kind of person that would live there um, to uh, helping people like style a home. So there's just such a wide range and it's so fascinating because I feel like growing up, we would have been told like, you know, can you imagine the kid that's like, I just want to color. I just want to color for my career. And I can just imagine so many parents being like, that's not a real job. That's not a career. You can't color. the joke's on them. It turns out you can just color and that could be your job. I mean, it's so, so wild. So I love those examples. So, so good. So good. Uh, All right. Let's get a little personal here because I know for you, 2020 was a hard year. So what is your story and what did you go through and what prompted you to change in 2020? So 2020, at the time
1: I was initially working um, one part-time job And a little bit of freelancing with, um, if you guys are familiar with, uh, Uber and Lyft. So doing a little of that while in between squeezing in a few acting gigs here and there. And at the time, trying to push a little bit more towards flexibility so I can increase a little bit more as well as do more in my coaching business. However, as I found the opportunity and was getting started, uh, That was sadly March and the opportunity canceled and the world got flipped upside down. So um, I went from having ideas and seeing opportunity to um, having to hunker down with what I had, because thankfully both those things were essential, but at the same time they were essential and I had to pretty much be on high alert to make sure I'm healthy and didn't get sick. But June of that year I did get sick thankfully it was not COVID but as you know um during that time it was still kind of early and no one knew like okay how bad is it how bad will it affect me? and I was internally freaking out because I had friends who were around my age and some of them although they were healthy and good they had some severe symptoms so sorry hear so, that thank you so I just remember, um, got sick, not sure if it was COVID or not, having to pretty much go through, I don't know if it was a full, um, seven stages of depression, but it felt that way. I just remember first thinking like, oh my goodness, what the heck am I going to do? And to, until like day two where thankfully there wasn't any other symptoms and, I was kind of in a calmer state, but then reflecting like, okay, God, I'm going to take the time to reflect. And right now I know I do want to do more in acting. I do want to do more in singing as well as some of my other pursuits. But at the time I've mostly met people that were in kind of the part-time gig style like I was and not a lot of full-timers. So I'm thinking like, all right, God, um, you put this on my heart, so if you really want me to do this, I'm I'm gonna need some uh clarity and some signs, cause I'm having a lot of doubt right now, and I want to know that there's an option, cause after a while, like doing these type of jobs, and especially when twenty twenty was going on, it was stressful and very miserable. So I remember, I think it was a week or so after. I had that moment. Thankfully, I was alive and well, and it was a sore throat and maybe a bit of a cold that I had. I just remember like going through the lovely world of Spotify and wondering, like, hmm. Alright, I don't want to have to be lean towards day job stuff. And found the podcast um don't keep your day job. And uh if you have not heard of that podcast, um, next to this one, highly recommend. Both of them are awesome. <laughs> Thank you for the shameless vlog. So, um, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so I remember um, listening to the first two or three episodes of that. And um, the person that hosted, she is a full-time singer and has her own programs to help singers with going into music sync licensing and she explained in one of the episodes how she got into it and I'm like wait she made six figures doing this so this is the option? Alright, thank you God. I see there is now options here. <laughs> so I started to listen in more between those episodes as well as some other ones and as I was listening, taking notes, seeing like, alright what resources can I focus on to look into that? And what other things can I do? And eventually led me to connecting with people in my area. Eventually, um, not sure if you heard of the app Clubhouse.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I started to go on that and I met a whole bunch of amazing actors and people that are full time in their stuff. And it started to really build me up more like, okay all right, so this is definitely possible. And right now I'm actually involved in a course for um, actors that are trying to improve on their chances with auditions and I've been working on my branding and working with my agents to see what we can do to improve my chances
0: there. Wow. So I'm curious, and I did have just for like, Transparency here. I asked you if I could ask you this question beforehand. So I'm not just like springing this on you as a guest. Um, You know, how do you make money today? What does that look like? Because I think a lot of people maybe don't understand it or don't know what that looks like. So, you know, as transparently as you feel comfortable to be, what can you share that might inspire others to see what that looks like to get to make a, a living, to make an income that isn't from a nine to five job or isn't also? you know, a gig here and then nothing else for six months and struggling. Like, what does it look like for you and how do you make money? Um, What can you share there? All right, sure. So um, because of 2020, I did
1: have to lean towards one nine-to-five contract. But um, it's one of those things that I like where um, for you guys that are struggling, there's an option called um, temp contracts. And it's great because both you and the player know that it'll be a temporary contract You help them. They help you. And then you don't have to worry about having that long-term commitment and dread. So um, there's option one there. And then the other ways I'm making Dang, I love that.
0: Even right there, I'm like, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I think our internet is a little bit off. But I think that's so good. Okay. Continue. I just think like contract work, we don't talk about it enough. So thank you for bringing that up. Continue on. Tell us more righty, And then um, relating to that, is
1: um, doing your own type of contract work. So um, there's the temp one that I mentioned. And then the other stuff I'm doing is um, building up my own clients. Because um, one of my services is bookkeeping. Because of all the accounting stuff, that's the one thing that I am comfortable with and actually enjoy. Versus if you tell me to do the uh, corporate services and using all their um, programs... Well um, you'll probably hear many stories from me and some of my peers talking about how we like to pull our ha- hair out every time we're like fighting with the programs. So um I'll take uh, a little bit of work with QuickBooks over that any day. So um I do work with a few clients on that and as well as doing virtual um, admin work and um, I actually started working on that more through 2020. With um, mentors help me figure out like, okay, how to better your package, which if you don't have a coach that helps you with that, um highly recommend because you never know, A, if you're undercharging yourself because um, you want to make sure you're getting that money. <laughs> and B, make sure you're not overworking yourself, which is another thing that I hadn't thought about where if I offer one service, I make sure that, okay, I'm specifically doing these four things. If you want something else, I have this higher package over here.
0: Mm, got it. Okay. Okay, so you've got a contract. You do some bookkeeping. You do some virtual assisting. And millennial money coaching.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And acting and singing. Is that right? Yes. What I am hearing Is And this is something that I kind of talk about. Well, I talk a lot about focus, about focusing, picking one thing, and sticking with it. And it can sound like on the surface that you're doing the exact opposite of that. But what I think you are actually doing is finding the perfect blend for you for what work looks like and what your expression looks like and what creating a life and a living looks like for you. And so even though there's lots of different facets to it, and of course, you're not going to be able to fully explore or express all of them within a year or even five years. It's going to – you know, it's a whole lifelong journey. I think that's that's the piece that I think is really important to say is that like you don't have to necessarily know all of the steps, right? Right. You don't necessarily have to have explored every single route within the first 12 months or even in the first five years because things are going to evolve, things are going to change. It takes time to build up these things. It takes time to build the connections, the community, the resources, the support, the ideas. It takes time to listen to the podcast, to get ideas from people you meet, to um, maybe refine certain talents or, or um, skills that you have. But it's the pursuit of it that is the really cool part. And that's that's the journey that you're on. That's the journey that I know you help others to go on. And that's what we're hoping to inspire everyone listening to also figure that out for themselves. Definitely. I mean, that was definitely
1: one of the areas I was concerned with, whether I'm like, "Um, okay, I know I want to do all these, but uh, my calendar is saying this is looking a little crazy. So, uh, all right. What is, what isn't possible? And I actually had to talk to someone. I'm like, help me. My calendar is a wreck. And, Thankfully, I now have a semi balance because um, some weeks are a little more chaotic than others. But when you're involved in acting music, that's going to happen. But there is at least some sort of like routine where I'm like, all right, I know right now in the mornings, I'm focused on auditions and research for acting. Most of the day will be my uh, contract stuff. And then the evenings, meetings. And any additional stuff regarding my money coaching stuff and bookkeeping. And of course, certain days of the week, if I know I have a show coming up, I will readjust everything and balance it from there. Because right now, my focus is continue to build up more in the flexibility. And as I build more in flexibility, I'll shift my focus towards my next goal from
0: there. Mm, I love that. You don't have to have it all figured out. So good. And it's really cool Like how radical... From someone who really grew up that like the nine to five nine to five nine to five to hear how you're piecing it together, how you're making it work for you, how you're tweaking it is is super inspiring for me too. I think um one of the things you said in there that I think is good is like balance isn't necessarily every single day you know there's gonna be some seasons that are busier than others if everybody's life has this, and I think that I just want to share this one little tip. You know, I've heard to look at your life like day, like throughout your day, like what day, what part of your day is maybe the busiest. Look at your week. Well, how does your week balance out? How do your, how does a month balance out? How does your year balance out? And when you start to understand that, then you can start to figure out what your ideal life looks like and start to understand that. Like, um, I know for us, for example, like December is always really busy because it's Christmas. It's also goal setting time, which is so busy in my business. Um, it is end of, end of the year in our businesses. It is like just a crazy time. So I know that in December, I'm not going to add a whole bunch of other stuff. But in the summertime, no one really cares about goals. There very few, let's say this, very few people care about the goals in the summer. So I take some time off in the summer and it kind of balances out. So I'm sure with acting or singing or um, graphics and depending on what field or industry you're in, like that's all going to be different, right? Depending on when a season comes out or when the tourists are there or whatever that looks like, right? Whenever it's commercial producing time. I don't know what that is. But um, yeah, I think that's, that's such a great point that you just brought up and it's really interesting to hear. I want to know, how do you plan for inconsistencies in income? Because I would guess there probably is some.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's there's no way around that part. <laughs> Um, pretty much like with all um freelancing or gig type of workers there's gonna be some inconsistency and it was one of the things that I didn't really think about much until I would say 2017 with my work at that time because um before that I was in dorms with college where I had money from my scholarships and some of my student loans as well as 20. 20- 15 to 2017, at the time, I was pretty much saving up on rent by either renting a room or sharing a house with our people. And with those, is like, okay, I mean, this is easy manageable. Then later in 2018, or no, 2019, the moment came for me to uh, have to make tough choice of do I want to look again for new roommates or... Do I want to try to be on my own? And I decided, okay, let me try to be on my own. Because as much as I enjoy having roommates, I kind of want my own space, especially for work. And reality hit me very quickly at that point. um, Between seeing like, okay, I now have more expenses. And before I had some buffer and I was always able to refill my um, savings pretty quickly. because. I didn't have so much to deal with on expenses. But um once I'm fully on my own, it's like, okay, my base income needs to be bringed up a little bit more because um my savings has suddenly gone a little lower than I would like it to be. So um I would say for that um definitely finding the one or two, ideally two sources of income that you can have um consistently and if you're especially coming from nine to five um background and mindset either a nine to five or something that you know you're really good at and using that as your main two and then kind of explore what else you can do which i think you did discuss a little bit in one of your podcast episodes on having like six seven eight sources of income and (laughs) it's one of the things i definitely want to work on um right now I have like my two sources and I'm trying to see if I can grow some more, a little bit more steadier because the other ones are still on the gig side, but I want to see if I can make them more consistent.
0: Mm. Got it. Okay. Yes. So that that podcast episode, I also say it takes time. Like it's not something and I'm glad we're having this conversation and kind of reiterating it because it doesn't just happen overnight. Like I don't know anybody that creates multiple income streams in a year. Like it does take time. Or and especially like passive ones or ones that are perhaps a little unconventional. So what I'm hearing you say is that it's really important to have some consistent income. This is the the money coaching you the accountant coming through being like that is important. Um, and I I think that's super practical because it's so easy to be like, okay, everything is unrealistic. You can't you have to have a 9 to 5. The most like steady, whatever, or to be on the other side. that's like, no, I can just do whatever I want. But the truth is, like, the middle is where there's some, the, where the gold is. And it's important for you to, to as the card we pulled, to want what feels good to want, to desire what you want, to be willing to go for it. And also to make sure that you do have the steady income to keep your life going. Is that right? Have I got this?
1: Yes. Cause I mean, one, you want to make sure that you're comfortable with like, eating and sleeping. And two, you especially want to have money to invest in yourself for what you want to work on. Cause I mean, with like something, I think stuff I do, I have to make sure I have gas money and maybe toll money. So, um,
0: yeah, you kind of need the additional money if possible. You believe a lot. I know in investing in yourself. Why do you think that's so important? And what do you want everyone to, listening to take away with that? Um, So I say investing in yourself
1: is definitely important because I remember when I started with the whole acting classes, I was taking some of the local ones that were, you know, good and got me started. But I also realized later on, I was kind of plateauing in the same level and not like growing. And it hasn't been until I started to invest more with um acting group and recently actually got a new acting coach and starting to learn like okay with the group how to improve more on my skills on auditioning because I've been doing one thing but realizing oh I need to brand myself differently if I want to get more gigs and make that more consistent and with the acting coach seeing like okay so I've been learning these different styles but what specifically works for me so I can really bring out the uh, character and have my own, like, personality in that character so they're like, okay, I like this person. All right, you're in. And I wouldn't have known that if I just, like, stuck to the cheaper option and just be like, okay, that's kind of more my ideal price range. I'll, I'll be okay here. I mean, I'm not growing, but I'll be okay here. No, Don't. Don't. <laughs> Be willing to like learn to invest yourself a little bit more when you can. Otherwise, if you're not investing yourself, you're just not growing.
0: I can really tell this something that you value because you've mentioned several times like different coaches that you worked with. And I really commend you for that because it feels like you had a big flip. It feels like when you started, you know, five, seven years ago, you were like, I have to have everything perfect before I can invest or before I can do this thing. And I feel like what you're saying here is that you now see that you won't actually get to your next level, that you won't become the, the person, the actor, the singer, the you won't have the life you want in the future if you're not willing to go for it now. And I really hear that mindset flip that you made. And I think so many of us, um, it's so important to make that, to understand that you're not going to get to the next level. You're not going to get better if you're not willing to invest in yourself. You're not willing to step into it today because it's never going to be the right time. It's never going to be the right price. It's never going to be cheap enough, right? Like We always are going to want it for cheaper, faster, all those things. But at a certain point, we have to say, yes, I'm here for this. I'm ready. I'm going to trust myself. I believe in myself. Here's the money to make this happen.
1: Yes, and that's definitely, and I have to say this as a money coach, it's definitely one of the tough ones where it's like, Okay, knowing I guess your comfort level, as well as knowing like, all right, how much are you willing and able, as a uh, one person mentioned, able to stretch yourself to like grow in this area and still be in good uh, station financially? Because uh, yes. yeah, don't be dirt, don't go completely broke, please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, thank you for the thank you for the caveat. Yes, if uh. Yes, if and I love thank you for listening to the podcast, by the way, for the for the plugs again. Um, but you know, anybody listening, I hope you know this is not about going broke, it's not about spending every dollar you have, but it's about it's about the mindset. It's about questioning and really looking at what you have. And I, I've shared this before, you know, even like I, I get meals delivered now, which I never did before. I always thought it was something I couldn't afford. I always said one day I'm gonna get a I'm gonna have a a chef, and I'm like, okay, so I need like a hundred thousand dollars a year for a private chef, and it felt like this big unattainable dream. And then when I started to look at it and break it down, it was like, okay, well, you know what? What I actually want is just to not have to cook every day and not have to meal plan and put a, clean up and all those things. And then I was like, okay, what else could could that look like? And when I really looked into it and looked into meals, I found some meals that are very well, let me say this. When I first started looking at it, I was also like, oh, that's too expensive. I can't afford that. But when I truly looked at it and looked at my budget and was able to see, okay, what if I didn't didn't get my nails done? What if I got my hair done a little less? What if I didn't buy some new clothes? What if we did um, other things a little less? Could I then spend this money on the food? That's something that would make me really happy? And the answer was yes. And so My answer was not go out and hire a $100,000 a year private chef for myself because I want it and go into debt for this. The answer was, how can I really look at this? How can I challenge myself, Um, whether it is to to make more money to be able to afford this thing, whether it is, is there something I could maybe do less of now? Is there another way? Is there a more creative way to get this? And so yeah, I 100% agree with what you said. It's not about like going into serious debt or putting yourself in a really bad spot financially to invest in yourself. But it is about challenging yourself to say, how could I afford this? What would it look like to do this? What's the most important part of this and how can I get that? Um, and that's where I do think not everybody listening, if you're the kind of person that was like me 15 years ago and went into a lot of credit card debt, this may not be the message for you. But for those of you that feel like you never have enough and never, never have enough money and I know I've also felt on that spectrum, I feel like I've been on all ends of the money spectrum, um, you know. Really challenge yourself and trust yourself because when you invest in yourself, that's that's how you can grow to the next level, hundred percent. Or just have your meals made for you, which is really amazing. <laughs> it's I'm very grateful for that. Um, okay, so let's. I want to. I know you gave some really great ideas before we started recording, and I want to share share some of these with our with our our people listening, because when we think about creatives creative work, we often think like to be a successful singer, you have to be Britney Spears level. Or to be a successful artist, you have to, I, I guess, uh, basically be dead because that's when people value your paintings, right? Uh, but we think that there's really only one or two ways to, to make that money. And so along these lines of like, okay, if I want to invest in myself or I want something, how can I afford it? What are some other ways that you might be able to use some of your creative skills to make money that we haven't already talked about?
1: Alright, um, let's see. Well, one big example that actually have been exploring is related to the acting. Because um, with acting, people will automatically think either theater or film. But as I mentioned, acting has like several different facets. Um, so for those of you that maybe like acting stuff, but you don't want to really be like visually in front of people... There's a bunch of options for you. Like I mentioned earlier, um, there's the voice acting. Or um, if you enjoy those really cool commercials or the funny ones, narrating. And if you don't want to go on the TV side, I mean, there's the audio narration. There's the uh, audio voice acting for that.
0: Oh, it must be like reading audiobooks too? Yes. yes. And that does include Amazon. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I would imagine, too, like podcast intros and outros would be a thing or podcast commercials.
1: Yes. And you can actually look up um, either on Upwork or Viber. You'll see people who are like marketing themselves for
0: that. Upwork and Fiverr. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. Totally. For those that don't know what it is, uh, Upwork and Fiverr are places you can free- get freelancing jobs. So and you, like literally anything you want to find, if you're looking to hire someone, you can find it there. If you're looking to do whatever and get paid for it, Upwork and Fiverr, go check it out. Yeah, I love that. So good. Any – um, here's a question for you. You said that it's really important when – because there's inconsistencies in income, that it's important to have some stability or some – some kind of consistent income. So, when you're looking for some kind of a job, whether it's a contract job or um, like a, maybe a smaller job, or creating a business or something like that, what are some of the important aspects to that if you want to be creative freelancing? Because I'd imagine you can't just be like I don't want to say like you can't just have any job, but like you really just can't have any job. Like there's certain things that are going to be more important when you also want to create a freelance. Um, so kind of reflects back to what I said earlier about um
1: helping a need. So um. You have to know what needs are requested, so I guess kind of tying into your friend that did the d- designing, I mean who would have thought about designing it into like homes and costume designs for different commercials? But that is a need, because sometimes I've gone to two or three different th- productions where A, you are asked to bring your own clothes and have to cross your fingers that everything you brought is good or B, you are maybe a couple steps higher, or you're one of the lucky few that because of how well you acted in your audition and connected with the people, you get to uh, have a designer like bring out the outfits for you based on skin tone, the character you're playing, and so forth. Um, so, pretty much seeing like where there is a need. Um, so, one other example would be with music, because I know. This is one thing that I'll be exploring more later on as I continue my own journey. But, um, I remember one person asked me, like, okay, so you want to do music, um, what are your options? And at the time, I could only think of like three or four because people are familiar with Christiana Aguilera and Britney Spears just being pop stars and go on stage and the CDs and now the uh, Spotify and those type of things. Not really thinking, like, oh, well, um, there's an option to be like a session singer. So, uh, singing behind the scenes for those, uh, big stars. Cause sometimes they like to have some good background singing. There is, uh, yes. So, uh, there is music for, um, shows. So, um, kind of tying into that, um, music sync licensing. And there's two or three other ones like, um, royalties and such. But with that, I mean, people don't think of like, the TV shows that you hear, whether a for the singer to um have their own tunes because believe it or not, TV shows they love pref- they love um supporting um indie artists and um if you're not sure what that term is, it's pretty much um local artists who are pretty much making their own music and offering it and people don't think about oh yeah you can make your song make sure it's marketable and then. If you know it's towards a certain genre or a certain type of show, you can either follow an audition because there are different sites that request for those type of material. Or if you know there's a show that you really like and you're trying to tell your type of music similar to the styles you heard already, connecting with the right people from that company and be like, hi, I love your show. I know that you have another couple seasons coming up. Um, I would love to provide my music for your openings. Um, if you like, I would love to send you some of the pieces or set up a meeting and so forth. But um, that's only a few of the options I know about. And I know there's a couple more because last time I wrote my list, I think I got up to 70 or 80 options with just the singing alone.
0: Wow, that is incredible. I like, yeah, how inspiring to hear. That you don't have to be Britney Spears to make a good living. I mean, if you're Britney Spears, that's great too. But um, that, yeah, that's so awesome. <clears throat> okay, so that I hope that that anybody listening now has tons of ideas for what to do with their creative pieces. Um, I want to know. I have a couple last questions, and then we're going to wrap it up. So, any last thoughts in terms of like, okay, if you're going to have a job or something steady. You know, you talked about contract work. What else might be helpful to look for for some steady income while you're creative creative freelancing? And this kind of ties into my current contract, finding something
1: that's remote. And especially after 2020, I feel that that option is a lot more accessible, not to mention a lot more companies are seeing the benefits of giving workers more flexibility and especially for actors, because I know um, one actor I was listening in from one of the uh, Clubhouse clubs, she was talking to us about how she works as an executive assistant for a company in a complete remote company and um, emphasis on if the company is a full-time remote company, because uh, that will be difference between those that are just transitioning into it. But um, because this company is fully remote and have the flexibility to allow people to work whenever and have a little bit more unlimited time to take off. That is like one of the good options there. If you want, say, oh, I have to uh, take off tomorrow because I have an audition, and of course, make sure that you communicate with that employer that hi, I'll be more than happy to work with you Um, just so you know one of my goals is to do this type of career. So I will be taking some time off. If that's okay with you and we're able to work things out with your schedule, then I would love to continue this work relationship. Then that's one option there. And I mean, that's what she's been doing and still doing her auditions, still getting her roles. And it's definitely one of the things that was like, all right. So for those of you guys that maybe not fully ready to let go of the nine to five, but want more flexibility, then that's a great option right there.
0: Mm. So I'm hearing, you know, remote work is very helpful. Anything flexible is probably really helpful. Contract work could also be a great option. You didn't mention this, but I'm just thinking off the top of my head here too. I feel like in your business, having any kind of a retainership. So for example, like retainer bookkeeping clients or retainer virtual assistant clients or things like that. And that just means that, you know, they pay you a certain amount every single month for you, for your services, like that kind of thing as well. I could see being really helpful. And, you know, you can you can literally have like your side business or your business to be kind of your consistent income there too if you have it on retainer or memberships and subscriptions. Uh, <laughs> my episode with Stu McLaren as well, and I'm blanking on the number, but scroll down and you'll see it. But those are the kinds of things that I could see being really, really, really helpful. Now, I know you're all about smart money. You're not about just like <laughs> going out and, and doing this without having your your ducks in a row. What are some of the financial basics that you think are really important for people to have in place before they start creative fri- freelancing?
1: Um, one, definitely doing a basic budget and see like, okay, <laughs> how much do I need for my home stuff? So my rent. Electric, wire bill, and of course stuff that you need, whether um food, gas, and all those lovely essentials, and what am I forgetting? Oh, insurance. That that's important too. Is there an app or a tool that you suggest? Um, so there are a lot. Um one that I do like in particular is um mint. Um not mint mobile, but um just mint. Okay. That one it's a favorite to-go one that I always like to use. And even occasionally if I decide to explore stuff because I like to see what works with different clients, that one I always fall back to.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, we did a budgeting workshop in Golden Girls Community a couple months ago, and a lot of people really loved You Need a Budget. So I've signed up for it. Full disclosure, haven't yet fully implemented it. Um, but yeah, mint is the one that I used to use too. So yeah, those are some good tips. Um, what else do you think is important? What's another finance? So budgeting, obviously real important probably for anybody listening, but especially someone who wants to get into creative freelancing. Um, what else is another financial basic you think is important for people to know before they just quit their jobs, sell everything and go (laughs) and live their dreams? Um,
1: another one is definitely, uh, building some sort of savings. Um, and, especially for those of you guys that might be a little bit more on the uh, reserve side and like to have a few steps ahead of you. I mean, it won't be always perfect, but at least having the first 2 or 3 steps of like, all right, having the budget and having the savings, that'll take you a long way versus not having anything. And one thing that I did have to learn as I was um going through my whole money coaching journey was dedicating like certain savings amounts because um most of the time people hear about all right you need to have a budget save for emergencies and um hopefully pay off your debts versus okay um you need to have a budget definitely want savings and um actually save money for that career that you're trying to incru- improve on so um if you're trying to do more in acting figure out how much you need to pay for classes if that's something that is workable with your budget, then figure out if you're able to do that without overspending. If it's something that will take a little more time, then figure out how much you have to save to um, be able to take that class in the next term. But um, definitely figure out like how much you need to save for that as well as for your other um, important needs. So you have money for emergencies, but you also have your,
0: I want to get all my day job funds ready. Okay. So I heard a couple things in there. I heard that budgeting is going to be really important to figure out how much you need to save because you maybe want some money for essentials in there. You want some money uh, to um, invest in yourself and in your career and emergency fund in there as well. So there's a couple factors. I was going to ask you, you know, like how many months should someone have saved? But it's probably a lot – it's obviously a lot more nuanced than that because there's the pieces of how much you want to invest too to improve. Um, So – what, do you mind me i didn't ask you this question it just kind of came up do you mind me asking how much you saved before you took the leap or how much you recommend for average clients or any anything you're willing to share there um so
1: my journey was a little interesting because um i pretty much was kind of leaping off from like first thinking i need a nine to five while working on my business to okay, I'm okay with not having the normal nine-to-five and just figure out the money saving. Um, so, my main goal for anyone would be, A, have at least three to six months. Um, And you might hear this from other people, too, so I will re- repeat this pretty much. Um, definitely have three to six months if you're maybe struggling to figure things out, but you definitely want to take that leap. Um, and for those of you guys that are a little bit more risk takers, which um, I'm not so much a heavy risk taker, I'm just slowly getting myself more into that side of me as I get more comfortable and more confident with myself on this. But if you are a risk taker, then make sure that A, you're not going to be starving next month, and B, if you already know like some of the ways you can make money, at least... Test out those ways first. And if you know that you're me okay, then break a leg and um, share with me any of your secrets because
0: I am curious on your side. <laughs> <laughs> That's such great advice. Get it started now and, and start it. That's awesome. Um, okay. One of the things that you have said is really important to have in place for creative freelancing is surrounding yourself with the right people. And I mean, I think that kind of applies to like all parts of life, it's important to have good people. But why specifically for creative freelancing is the people are the people that you're surrounded by so important?
1: So it's definitely important because there are different um, people involved in the uh, creative world. When I started, I mostly met those who were part-timers and either saw this as a fun side gig while doing their job or maybe just a fun hobby in between. Versus now, I've been with a few more people in different communities that are actually doing this stuff full-time or pursuing it more full-time and like making their business plans. And the mindsets between those two groups are completely different between like hang out with the people that are a little bit more business oriented, which I feel it's not talked a lot in like the creative fields. It's like for the creative fields, like, Oh yes, I want to do my passion versus someone that's, a little bit more business oriented, like, all right, I want to do my passion. I got my, uh, little map out ready. And depending on how much of a planner you are, because I have seen a mix between those in career fields who might be like us with maybe that accounting background and likes Excel versus those who are like, no, I just need a colorful map and I can work with that and we'll go from there.
0: If there was one kind of mindset, like mantra or phrase that you wish everyone could hold on to and take, like more of that like kind of business side or let's say like, you know, turning your passion into a living, what would that one phrase be?
1: Hmm. That's a good question. Um, the one that comes to mind right now is um, anything can be turned into business. I mean, I can't think of anything else, but I mean, that'd be like the easiest way to put it. Cause yeah. like voice acting, that can be turned into a business. If you like coloring, that can be turned into a business. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. Such a good example. So good. So good. Yeah. Anything can be turned into business. That's definitely the theme of, of this podcast, of this episode. Um, I want to ask another personal question. What is your end goal? Like do you see yourself as doing all these things? Like are you I know some people are really multi-passionate and love the energy of doing lots of different things or do you see yourself wanting like using this as a platform to do more acting down the road or more singing or or maybe dancing? What do you what, do you, what is your end goal? Do you have one or is this a journey for you that you're still exploring? And there's no wrong answer, by the way. Like, even though you're on the Golden Girls podcast, I don't care what your goal is. I just want to know that you're going for what you want.
1: So for me, it is definitely a journey. Um, ideally, I do want to, like, at some point, either reduce to only fewer clients or maybe be like, all right, bookkeeping has been helpful. But um, I think I'm ready to go a closest chapter. And um, hello, full-time in the uh, recording studio with this next uh, album that's going on, this next uh, film or movie. Um, so one well, of my ideals is definitely eventually closing up some of my um, active stuff that maybe isn't like a full-on passion. So bookkeeping would definitely be one. But um, I would say things can change because... I mean, there's been some things I have not expected that I was going to be interested in doing or considered the past two years. So I'm like, okay, I'll I guess I'll just try this, see where uh, God wants me with this. And um, we'll go from there, because the most important thing for me was to at least get started and like test things out and see like, all right, is this
0: useful? Do I like this?
1: Do I see this long
0: term or short term? Okay, so many good things there. I love that answer. First of all, just want to say, love that, like, love that you just said there. Which is, I gotta just gotta get started. I just gotta try something, and I think so many people don't don't try things. So please, if you're listening, get out there, try something. Do it. You'll never know till you get there. Um, number two, I just love that you gave yourself permission for it to change. It is and for it to evolve and flow. That is so so darn important because I really believe. So many times we end up with like midlife crises or even quarter life crises or whatever, because we're we've committed to this thing that we think that we want, and somewhere along the way we ch- it changed what we wanted changed and we didn't. And so I love that you're giving yourself permission to adapt. That's so important. And I know like that's no, that's not what smart goals tell you, but smart goals suck. And so <laughs> let's just let's just lay that to rest. It's okay for your goals to change. And number three, I want to say what I really appreciate about your approach as well is that you said. I always say this to people. I'm like, you can want whatever you want, and like, allow yourself to dream as freaking big as you want. That is so important. And also, you need you don't your dream needs to, doesn't need to be realistic, but your first step does have to be realistic. And that's exactly what you have is you're like, you know what? I know where I want to go, and I might not be able to do that today or tomorrow, maybe even the next year or three. But right now, my realistic first step is I have this, I'm doing my bookkeeping, I'm doing VA, I'm doing these things, and I'm on the path to where I wanna go. And I just think that is so, so good because you are not settling on your dreams, not one bit. And you're also not in like unrealistic la la land. You are doing it exactly like in such a way that is inspiring, is grounded, and is taking action. And I'm sure that is what's going to allow you to create and continue to create such an incredible life full of you expressing your passion and having a good lifestyle that works for you. So thank you for sharing that. No problem. <laughs> okay. So I know you have a new course out and you have a special offer for our listeners. Thank you very much, by the way. Can you share with us what's your course? What's your offer? Tell us all about it. All right. So um, my course is the Wealth Mindset
1: course. And – um My premise with this was focusing not only on learning the basics with budgeting, because um I am a money coach, so that's obligated. But um also touching on like your mindset with money, because I realized as I was like exploring this more and creating it, there's some old mindsets that either I have overcome or I have to continue overcoming. Um one of those things for me was um investing in myself and I had to make sure I'm like, all right, definitely want to talk about mindset. Definitely want to talk about budgeting. And we definitely need to talk about investing in yourself. Because, again, if you're not investing in yourself at all with any of your creative goals, then it will still be a hobby. So those are the main things I focus on in the course. And um, for any of you guys that are interested, it is technically right now. Two hundred and two nine nine, but um, I am offering a hundred dollars off to the first thirty six people. So definitely take advantage of that code now, because uh, it will not be here forever.
0: Awesome! And how can they take advantage of that code? Do they send you a message, or do the link in the show notes, or what's the best way to, to do that? Um. So.
1: I'll probably have to, well, I think I put it in the notes I gave you guys, but just in case, um, if you can go on my Instagram, that's probably going to be the easiest way for you to connect with me, and that is Tavares Chantel. DM me that you have listened to the podcast, and I'll provide you details
0: on how to sign up for the course and get that deal amazing thank you so much that is so kind of you we we really appreciate that um so you mentioned instagram uh we'll of course put the link in the show notes for you um and we'll put all the links on where to find you as well your uh facebook page and and all that good stuff we'll make sure it's all in the show notes so make sure you guys go and give some love to chantel before we go we've got some rapid fire questions um right now what is a goal you're working on we know your big goal but like what's what's something that you're working on right now Um, So right now I
1: am working towards um, building some more flexibility in my schedule. So um, as I mentioned, I do have my one nine to five contract. I am trying to branch off that one and build more on my own um, contracts. So um, I'm right now focusing on connecting with more people on bookkeeping. Mm. So as I build up more on that, then that will allow me, A little bit more flexibility in my schedule and more time to focus
0: on my other goals as I continue this year. Cool. Okay. Here's a question for you. What is the best thing that you learned in the last year? Um, the best thing I learned this past year
1: was, it's definitely important for me to keep what I want, like in the forefront of my mind and in my schedule. Cause like I said, um, This past month, actually, I literally had to have someone look at my schedule and um, I showed her current schedule, my dream schedule, which um, if you have not tried to make your own dream schedule, I highly recommend you do. It will definitely be a good eye opener to see like, all right, I know from this time to time I want to enjoy sleep from this time to time I'll enjoy going into a pool for a good hour or so and then start my day at this time frame and then seeing like, okay, how do I slowly transition this calendar to this calendar and what can be adjusted as I work on my career stuff?
0: Mm, that's great. That's, that's good, good advice. Uh, okay. So I know you're in Orlando, but, and maybe you've, have you ever had poutine? Have you ever heard of poutine? I have not actually. Okay, well, here's a little Canadian lesson for you here. Uh, poutine is a Quebec dish and it's french fries, gravy, and cheese curds. Now, usually I ask people if they want shredded cheese or cheese curds. I'm just going to give you right the the answer here is always cheese curds, okay? You got that when you come <laughs> visit Canada, when you come to visit me, it's going to be cheese curds, okay? You got that, girl? Cheese curds.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to need to write this stuff down and especially when I do come visit cuz um I actually do have relatives up in Canada. So, um I'll have to definitely talk with them about that more.
0: <laughs> yes, and make sure if they say shredded cheese. Don't go, don't go with them. Don't let them do that to you, okay? <laughs> you gotta do the curds. That's the best way to do it. Uh, okay. If you had a magic wand, what would you use the magic for? If I had
1: a magic wand, hmm. I would definitely use it to Mm. I have like three or four ideas right now but uh, the first one is definitely use it on those who would like to do more and be like believe and just that power of believe is the first thing that came to mind because it's crazy Like those who like just believe in themselves and take those first steps because I've seen those who Trust themselves even before I started doing it and being able to do a lot of incredible things. And even like those who might not have like the best money, figuring out like, all right, how to budget this well so I can have the life I want and then figure out the money stuff a little bit more so I continue. So definitely helping them to believe in themselves more. And I mean, put a little bit of that on myself for those days where I'm like, okay. I, I think it's there, but I'm not sure. And be like, no, believe. I, I, I still got it. I still got it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will take some of that too some days for sure. That's so good. That literally give, gave me shivers up my spine. That's so good. Really cool. Uh, okay, last question. If you could travel anywhere right now in the world for food, where would you travel and what would you eat?
1: If we're talking about food – yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so two come to mind, but um, if it's something completely new, I definitely want to go to Italy. Um, that's on my list for travel in general, and I want to try some authentic Italian food because I know I tried stuff here in the U.S., and I've been told that um, some stuff we have here is uh, pretty much Americanized or completely American and we say it's Italian. (laughs) So like, oh, how's Italian food
0: actually taste then? Really good. I'm gonna tell you right now, really, really, really good. Go do that. You can make that happen. Okay, so what was your what was your other one? Where would you want to go? What was the other place? Um the other
1: one, because my family is Jamaican, Jamaica, because again, if you go to the actual island, your meats are pretty much hundred percent fresh. None of the uh, stuff injected, so you taste full, authentic, fresh meat. And I didn't notice until I was slowly getting older, because um, if you tried, what would be a good example? Oh, if you tried Chick-fil-A, and for any of you guys that have island folks, um, they will tell you. <laughs> Chick-fil-A in Jamaica. Fresh. Delicious. Chick-fil-A in Florida. What well, this is trash is what you're going to hear from everyone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. So good. So good. Okay. So you would go to Jamaica and eat meat. Amazing. I mean, you know what's so funny is like, uh, yeah, when I asked that question, something in my mind sparked jerk chicken. <sighs> so amazing. So amazing in Jamaica. Yes. Yeah. Oh, but that's good to know about all the meat. And I guess the Chick-fil-A is also good. Who knew? Who knew? Uh, Well, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for inspiring us, for giving so many ideas on how people can create an income, and really not just an income, but create a life to express themselves. Not be trapped in either a boring nine-to-five that makes you muddy but makes you miserable and, or pursue your passions and make yourself broke, but find a way to, to bring those things together. So I know so many people are going to be listening and being so inspired by your journey, by your wonderful wisdom and advice. Um, thanks for being here. And uh, thank you
1: again for having me. I was so excited to um, be able to do this and excited to see how much more people will uh, take advantage and take the lessons.
0: Yes. And remember, budget, (laughs) surround yourself with great people, save, and believe in yourself. That's, That's what I'm taking away from this. So thank you, Chantel. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you have a great day. Before I leave you with this episode, I wanted to share this little anecdote from my own personal life. I can remember being a little girl, spending a lot of time talking to myself in the mirror. I would pretend to be interviewed and answer questions, I would pretend to interview people and ask them questions, and speak as if I was on a stage and talk to myself and try different ways of phrasing things and answering things and asking questions and just loving it. I also remember being shamed for it. I remember people making fun of me. I remember being told by people who love me and didn't know any better, but being told to just stop looking at yourself in the mirror. Don't be weird. Don't talk to yourself. That's so strange. So I definitely hid that part of me and I probably still do to some extent. I mean, we'll work it out in some more therapy or plant medicine or who knows what. But a big part of me certainly smiles and looks at myself today as I'm literally speaking into a microphone, sometimes alone, sometimes interviewing amazing humans, sometimes being interviewed myself, realizing that those moments have come full circle. It may not have made sense 30 years ago, me talking in the mirror, thinking that one day I would, you know, interview or be interviewed. It may have looked like, well, Lisa, you're not gonna be Oprah, so why bother? But I'm gonna tell you something, today this does make sense. Our world is changing so fast. And I'm willing to bet that some of the same skills that you have, the, the talent, the creativity that you have, whether 30 years ago didn't make sense or 20 years ago, I'm willing to bet that today it can serve a need and be of service to others. It may not have made sense 30 or 15 or even three years ago. It might not even make total sense to you today. And there probably isn't as clear of a path as there is with a career in nursing or teaching or a trade. But my hope for you listening here today is that no matter what calling you have, what gift you have, what talent you have, what, ex- what expression you desire to have, that you believe that you can find a way to help and serve people and their needs and use your talents to create a life that you love. Golden Girl, I hope you enjoyed this episode and feel inspired to define success, career, and life success for yourself and use your talents to light up the world in your own special way. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your creative gifts. And thank you for being open to charting an unconfessional path, one that is uniquely you. I'll see you in the next episode